Welcome to Behind the Byline, the Daily Northwestern's weekly look inside our newsroom as we interview our staffers on the key stories they're reporting on around campus and in Evanston. I'm Ryan Wangman, one of the Daily's audio editors this quarter, and I'll be your host today. For this episode, we're talking to city reporter Claire Proctor, a sophomore who's been looking into revived efforts by Illinois lawmakers to increase the age to buy tobacco from 18 to 21. Claire, how are you doing today? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm good. I'm 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 very excited. This story is is crazy to me, and, and again, it's it's around this tobacco bill that just underwent a public health hearing today on February fifth in the Illinois General Assembly, and so the bill previously passed both the Illinois State House and Senate before being vetoed by former Republican Governor Bruce Rauner. And Claire, can you break down this plan and the reason behind its revival now? Yeah, definitely. So as you said, in 2018, it passed through the House and Senate. um, But when former Governor Rauner vetoed it, the um, House was unable to override the veto. Um, But now with a Democratic governor, J.B. Pritzker, in office um, and the Democratic supermajority in the General Assembly, in the General Assembly, um, legislators are confident that they will be able to pass this Tobacco 21 legislation now. Yeah, and so can you explain briefly what is Tobacco 21? Why should we care about it? Yeah, so it is a legislation that's been passed throughout the country in different areas. Um, I believe it started in Massachusetts um, that raises the age that you are able to purchase tobacco products, whether it be cigarettes or e-cigarettes, whatever, that has tobacco um, from 18 to 21. In different communities in Illinois, um, such as Evanston, this legislation raising the age you can purchase tobacco to 21 has already been implemented. Yeah, and and, and to me, this seems to be really important because you talk about you know, you see news reports all the time of, you know, kids dueling, kids using tobacco in kind of new, innovative ways. And so do you think that that kind of epidemic has, has put some public political pressure on, on these decision makers, you know, in the Illinois legislature? Yeah, I believe that has to be a driving factor behind it, just with all the different studies about um, the addictive nature of e-cigarettes and um, how that is affecting youth development. And I think that all kind of factors into why this is such a hot topic right now in the Illinois legislature. Yeah, so I know you talked to some key health officials in Evanston. And and can you just break down, you know, what what they told you, what restrictions or safeguards on tobacco are already in place in the city before this potential statewide legislation? And have they been effective? Mm -hmm. So um, the Tobacco 21 legislation is in effect in Evanston. Only um, 21 um, years of age or older users of tobacco are able to purchase. And um, when I talked with um, Avonda Thomas-Smith, who's the director of the Health and Human Services Department in Evanston, she mentioned that the legislation has been highly effective, decreasing um, the rate of youth consumption of tobacco products. And um, she said that retailers in the area have um, followed the legislation and there have only been two citations where they had um, different sellers that were not complying. Um, But beyond that, it has been very effective in deterring use, she said. Which obviously is great. You want people that are are legally able to buy the product to be the only ones buying that product. 
But I know you also talked to the co-owner of a smoke shop, Smokes and Such, which has a location in Evanston, if, if I'm correct. And, and how is she taking the news of this legislation? Because it, honestly, it can't be good for business. Yeah, she definitely mentioned that. She estimated that about 30% of her business has declined since the passing of the legislation, largely um, in selling e-cigarettes. That's where she's seen the biggest decline in her sales. And she has said that's affected um, the busyness of the store. And um, she's said she's had to kind of cut down on her staff because of the lack of business. And um, she says she's seen a lot of her business kind of just driving to the next suburb over where there isn't this Tobacco 21 um, legislation in place because then those users who are 18, 19, and 20 um, can just drive a little bit. And so she's um, she had some frustration with that, that her business is kind of just moving um, right next door. Um, so she wasn't the most thrilled about it. Um, and she also mentioned that it seemed like raising the age to 21 was a bit arbitrary because um, when you're 18, you're considered an adult in the eyes of the government. Um, you can be drafted into the army. You can um, do all these things that show adulthood. And so she was a bit frustrated that um, you wouldn't be able to buy a cigarette if you were 18. Yeah. And I know definitely that's that's something that people often talk about when they're talking about, you know, alcohol and changing the, the age where you can buy alcohol. Why do we settle on 21? Seems kind of arbitrary, but definitely I'd love to get your take on this issue if you're willing, um, because a plan like this is bound to be unpopular with teens and college age students. And so I'm curious, do, do you think that should be a factor in the state's decision making process or does that not matter? I think that is relevant, um, especially in a city like Evanston that is developed beyond just being a college town, but still the student body does make up um, a lot of the business at restaurants and at clothing stores. So why not factor that into um, tobacco retail as well? So I do think it definitely should um, have been a consideration when um, the Evanston City Council made this decision. And um, also when you're thinking about a statewide legislation, you should be thinking about how that affects a pretty big um, demographic of users of tobacco products and um, consumers and how that will affect these businesses, economies and what stuff like that. Absolutely. And of course, there are workarounds. If even if a statewide legislation were to be passed, you know, you're talking about now kids just going over one other town. But, you know, if a statewide legislation were to pass to to raise that age, you could have workarounds such as fake IDs or, or people traveling to other states to get tobacco. How enforceable do you see this legislation actually being? I think I personally have my own skepticisms because it seems like something that especially considering how close um, a lot of Illinois is to borders in Wisconsin and Indiana. Um, and I know that's something that the owner of Smokes and Such mentioned is that what's going to stop people from just driving a state over? It's not that far. And if it allows you to legally purchase this tobacco, then um, a lot of users might make the sacrifice of doing the drive time. Um, and with fake IDs, um, I think that's something that is not very well enforced in terms of alcohol. And so I definitely am skeptical that um, this 
legislation is actually being enforced um, to the full extent that it maybe appears on paper. Yeah, I mean, because you talk about people travel over to another state to, to purchase fireworks. So, you know, what is to say that they wouldn't do that for tobacco? And and even just the idea of, you know, many of these stores are not even trained. They're mostly trained to look at these 18 plus IDs. Then there's there's a whole new factor of uh, they have to adapt of, you know, how are they really being able to tell what is what is a real ID, what's not. So there's there's a whole there are more wrinkles um in the process, and in my opinion, you know when you when you look at it, when you look at it there. And so, do you know when the next benchmark is in this process, um, or when the earliest this legislation could go into effect, or, or where are we at in this process? Um, as far as I know, I don't know the next benchmark, but the bill has been introduced in both the House and the Senate. Um, and um, from what I've talked, from the people that I've talked to, they seem optimistic that the bill will pretty smoothly pass through the House and through the Senate and be signed into law by um, Governor Pritzker. Um, in terms of timeline, I'm not completely sure, but they seem to think this will take effect pretty soon. And so for this last section here, I want to, to shift to a little bit more of a personal side and go you know, behind the byline, if you will. That is the name of the podcast. That is what we're trying to do here. Um, and so that goes to talking with our reporters about their story processes. And so can you describe to our audience what it was like reporting on this story and what draws you to political reporting? Um, I think political reporting is so fascinating. And this story really heightened... Uh, what I find so fascinating, which is that there are these statewide legislations that go down, but a lot of it starts from the local level. And I think this Tobacco 21 legislation, the fact that it was implemented in Evanston and other Illinois communities first, really shows that at the heart of it, um, how local politics are so relevant in um, the wider statewide scene. So it was a really interesting way to kind of take an issue, look at the broad implications, but also get to understand how this is affecting a community on a much more personal and local level. Um, So I just find that fascinating about political reporting. And speaking to that local focus, in your story, you talked to everybody from the director of the Evanston Health and Human Services Department to a co-owner of a smoke shop. So how did you manage to find that balance in this story and how hard was it to do? I felt like it was really important to get both sides of the story. Um, And I feel like those are kind of the two main sides of the story, the people who are strongly pushing for the Tobacco 21 legislation and those who feel kind of the repercussions that maybe aren't considered all the time in terms of um, the owner of the smoke shop. Um, I thought it would be a lot harder to find the balance than it was, but um, as soon as I reached out to the owner of Smokes and Such, she was very willing to talk with me, very open um, to share her insight about how this legislation has affected her business. Um, So in actual execution, it wasn't a challenge, which was surprising to me, Um, but it was cool because it was really rewarding to put in the effort to see the other side of the story and make sure that was represented in the story. Definitely something that I know know in my own reporting can definitely be very challenging, but is really rewarding when you get it right. 
And and just you know, a final thing, something I'm always curious about. Did anything happen? And you just talked about this a little bit, but did anything else happen while you were reporting on the story that maybe you didn't expect, or maybe shifted your angle on the piece than from what you came in thinking it was going to be about? One thing that um, Marcia Smith, the owner of Smokes and Such, mentioned was um, how the legislation had affected workers at her store. Um, And she said that the legislators um, in Illinois and in Evanston were kind of looking at how this Tobacco 21 affects youth health and seeing a 30% decline in tobacco use would be 30% more saved from addiction as they saw it. But in her eyes, it was the loss of a job for someone who she no longer needed to pay. So I think that really shifted my angle in looking at how um, this legislation really stretches beyond just like the immediate impacts and how it has long lasting effects on a broader scope in terms of how it's affecting workers in the tobacco industry. Well, thank you so much. That just about wraps up our latest episode of Behind the Byline. And Claire, thank you for taking the time to talk about your story today. Uh, tune in next week for a new reporter, a new storyline, and as always, your latest in top Evanston and campus news. Thanks for listening. And for the Daily Northwestern, I'm Ryan Wangman. Thanks for listening to Behind the Byline today. Make sure to follow us at the Daily Northwestern on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. 